Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake goes to a wedding. Chuck's dreams are almost or almost come true. And Chen Pao wins a tournament. Chuck, how are we doing, my friend? How are we doing? I am doing good. It's been a busy, busy week, but uh, I had almost the dream almost did come happen. What happened on on uh, on this weekend? So I'm getting into that a little bit later. Yeah, it was but, very uh, exciting. <laughs> almost, almost called it from last week's cast. Talking yeah, about I mean, you you text me in the middle of the finals of um <laughs> of the Dor- Dorman uh, regionals, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you you basically called it, and then uh, yeah, kind of faltered there. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But how was the rest of your week? Uh, it was good. Uh, just busy. I haven't got to let play a lot of Pokemon. Just playing, t- uh, testing a little bit of... Still playing the same old Goldingo. My li- list is a little different, but testing that online, and it still feels good. And I think uh wasn't me, but I think everyone got to see that it can be a, a pretty good uh, deck to play in a tournament. Uh, so yeah. just uh, been doing that and watched the stream a little bit definitely watch the finals um and yeah that was that was pretty much it um busy week valentine's day this is this week so um just busy getting that 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 kind of work out and and whatnot yeah. so i i can imagine that's a a little bit of a busy uh you know couple days scramble for yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah everyone likes to order stuff for valentine's rather than uh go get it so i think that's just in general people like to order stuff other than just go get it nowadays <laughs> no matter what it is you're not wrong so uh, but yeah so how was uh how was your week uh it, it was busy uh work starting to catch up a little or uh, you know, pick up a little bit since the lull at the beginning of the year uh, but i was able to actually go to one of my co-workers weddings this last weekend um, and spend a day fun. there. Um, so yeah, it was a fun, a fun thing there. Um, then he's been off the rest of the week so far. Um, as we record on Wednesday, he's going to be gone all, or Tuesday, uh, but he's going to be gone all week. So it's putting a little bit more pressure on me work wise. Uh, so, uh, but no big deal. Um, mm-hmm. getting to do that. So that was fun. Um, play tested just a little bit on, um, on, on live uh haven't played irl cards really since i came back from knoxville uh still just kind of hanging out playing a lot of power world with brody the game is so good uh it's addicting. definitely it's, it's 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 definitely addicting uh it's definitely taken my eye away from pokemon a little bit uh the tcg <laughs> um i'm still you know keeping an eye on it and in, index and you know uh, all that kind of stuff but uh, definitely seeking a lot of time where I normally would be testing, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And I know I haven't really, I mean, I've mentioned I've been playing it, but it, it's it's such a good game. Uh, at some point, I would like to get into it uh, because it's, I think it's unfairly labeled Pokemon with guns, and it's not quite <laughs> quite that, but uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's a fun game. But uh, nonetheless, we'll we'll move on from Power World. <laughs> Well, I mean, I sat down and you showed me how it works. It, lo- it looks like fun, but um, 
there's a lot of things going on and to do. So that's just not, uh, not in my realm of possibilities at the moment, but uh, it does look fun. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, you know, that was basically my week. Um, I know I'm going to get back to it this week in playing at locals. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, and just kind of playing cards, hanging out with the crew. But that's basically all I've got going on so far. Yeah, same. I'm going to hopefully get back to it this week as well. Got some stuff planned for hopefully this weekend. Yeah, for sure. We'll get that into that, I guess, into the yep. season watch portion of the I'm, show. I'm saving stuff for later. We got yeah, all kinds spoilers, of stuff to... Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Teaser. Big spoilers. Exactly. But with that being said, uh, I think it's time to get a little bit of a recap uh, of the week that was in Pokemon, obviously. Um, I said we had a regionals there in EU. What was it? Uh, Dortmund? Dortmund. 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 Um, yep. Germany. So there was, you know, a lot of the same uh, decks that are seeing a lot of, um, uh, you know, success. Uh, we're seeing lots of Garatina, Lost Box, Mew, Gardevoir bumped back up there. Um, but We'll talk about those in a second, but there's two decks that me and you have been on and off and on for the majority of this, uh, you know, this season. Uh, and that would be uh, a Chen Pao versus um, uh, the Goldingo deck. Uh, yeah. Super fun finals. Uh, but before we even talk about the finals, uh, both decks getting, you know, into top eight and then into finals uh, when they previously haven't. Uh, so what do you think has changed uh, to allow those two decks that, you know, are fringe decks, B-tier decks or whatever what most people would say, um, but to break through and both get the finals in the same tournament? Well, I think there's always a Chen Pao hanging around. And in the last two, there's always a Chen Pao hanging out in, in top. It's just more or less can it win the games that it needs to win you know, in day two or whatnot to, to get up to the top? Or does it have like a really strong day one that it can make day two a little bit easier, which is never easy, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. But I've, that's what I've heard. Um, and then Goldingo has been picking up top 30, like top 32 finishes in the last two regionals. So it was proving that it can day two, but this is... I think I'm just like scrolling through lists. I don't see another one in even all of day two. Um, there's a couple more Chen Pals, but I mean, these are two things that kind of found their way in the top eight and then found their, like once you make top eight, you know, anything can happen. Um, you just got to keep winning. It's all about winning at that point. So, right. Yeah, it was, it's really neat to see. Like, I, I, I think I just don't play in the right metas. Like, Europeans, that's that's the only thing. I that's the first thing that comes to mind. We're playing in Europe, but that's um, not always a big a difference. But uh, Europeans just like different stuff. Um, looking at like uh, the meta shares, like uh, you look at the meta shares, they're kind of similar. Um, but I also think people like to have a little bit more fun when it comes to the Pokemon. Maybe in Europe, they uh, they try to. Uh, hone the not so top tippy top tier of every art like art like right, run right, right. only the tippy top tier of archetypes they there's more people that will play fun stuff like i don't i don't say fun stuff like 
other things like Chen Pao or, or Goldingo or even, um, you know, I mean, everyone runs Mew too, but there's definitely a more Mew presence when it comes to, to uh, Europe and or like even a Gardevoir presence um, yeah. because they they have different feels on how they play the game. A little bit. Oh, so. I agree. And I and all those decks that you kind of mentioned, um, big most of the time, big Achilles heel um is Path to the Peak. And I think uh when Europe obviously um has a different playstyle, it doesn't seem like um you're gonna see as much of that as you do as here in in NA. Um so I think it does unlock just the consistency of those two decks and others. Um, to to be able to do what they do without that kind of hard counter um, that they have to worry about as far as the high meta share um, here in the States, I guess. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, I'm just looking at, I mean, I, I mean, the, the meta was there. I mean, like Tina was still like up there in, in the top eight. Yeah, or two. Uh, Gabe Smart eight. got it. Yeah, Gabe Smart got yeah. there. And uh, there was yeah, another I mean, one there. it was a couple of NA players um showing up with guard of North American players showing up in uh Canadian and American showing up in top eight with guard of kind of neat. <laughs> um uh but I mean there was a plenty of Gardevoirs throughout the day. I mean um uh also there was James Cox was Australian also in top eight with Gardevoir. Um all three of them though <laughs> decided to leave early. <laughs> Not did they didn't decide that but uh, they didn't uh, make it past the first, uh, make it in the top four. But mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of Gardevoir throughout the whole top, uh, throughout day two, European players in general. Um, so it, it, it's just, yeah, those archetypes are a little different. And and I mean, I'm, it's it's amazing. I, I was actually surprised the Goldingo got past the Gardevoir um, in, in top eight, because I think he had to play Gabe Smart in top eight. Uh, and I think, on Twitter, like Gabe said, he bricked a couple, both games or whatever, but mm. uh, that matchup isn't necessarily easy, but uh, I'm going to say uh, the, I'm not going to butcher his name, Yelly Von Kamp, and I'm, I'm going to say that, that's my best guess, but who's the Goldingo player, I think he probably knew his way around the matchup as well, too, to, to not let the Gardevoir player or Gabe Smart sneak back in because that's a, definitely a right. possibility. I've seen it happen. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I, I didn't see the path that um, um, that Chen Pao had to take in the top eight, but uh, traditionally, at least in day two, or just traditionally in the matchup, um, Chen Pao's pretty good against Gardevoir, um, especially with the hands version uh, that was being played. Uh, different options, obviously. You have Greninja, you have the, the hands. Uh, just the volatility of that you have um, it, not always, but, you know, uh, Chen Pao uh, would play the um, the canceling cologne. I'm not sure. Did um, did we see if this played it? I don't he, think they had. You did not have canceling cologne. You didn't have canceling cologne. But if you just set up fast and you go first and and, you know, the matchup, you can you can take some cheeky knockouts for sure. Um, taking down some Frigibaxes and obviously um or I'm sorry, uh, some some uh, Raltzes and and uh, and Curlias. Um, so definitely uh, two decks that have options against a, a popular uh, meta type. There. Yeah, um, I think I I know uh, Owen had to go through the Sable Zard 
in top four. I think he also had a Gardevoir in top eight as well. Mm -hmm. Um, that just seems like the the way it would have went. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be taking multiple prizes on a one prize deck like that, um, yeah, you're you're in a good spot. That always the issue with Chen Pao uh, is Chen Pao, it, you know, beats itself. Uh, but obviously, if it sets up, it has a wide variety of things it can do. Um, and yeah, it, it, it. I think this is the first Chen Pao win. So um, a big congrats to Owen there for um, you know bringing it home for Chen Pao. Uh, his first uh, regional dub. I do believe it was first Chen Pao win. Definitely. Yeah. So I don't think it was the first to eight top eight, but it was definitely the first win that I remember at least yes. at the top of my head. So, uh, big congrats there. Um, but yeah, um, anything you think that might have changed the the Chen Pao luck, or is it you think just uh, like I said, um, the matchups and just kind of. Uh, being able to run hot a little bit. I, I think it's just being able to run hot and, and knowing your way around around the deck as well. I mean, uh, Owen made sure he's making the right plays when he needed to. Um, he got the... I mean, I'm just... I, I finally found his matchups. He got some good matchups throughout day two, uh, which is not, you know, bad. That, that that helps, but you got to win them. Like Gardevoir is not easy. You had to play three, one in the top eight. Um, but uh, so you know, getting through those matchups, just knowing the your win cons, and you can definitely see it in the finals matchup. Um, mm -hmm. I've played Chen Pao uh, plenty of times, and it's it's really easy for Goldingo to play against uh, Chen Pao because uh, you're the whole uh Rube Goldberg machine of what Chen well, what Goldingo has to do to take knockouts and the energy to do max damage is easy because everything is weak to you uh, yeah. in Chen Pao. So you don't really have to get that much energy like to uh to Yeah you do don't have to dig as hard for sure. Yeah you don't have to dig as hard. You don't it's everything is a little bit easier to come by to take those knockouts. But we did see Owen uh Exploit the one thing that that uh, Yelly's list can't do is is not put up a two prizer to take knockouts. So when right. he only has like late game, when he only has a one prizer to to fight with, um, to take it like it, when he only has a one prizer to KO, and he has to leave up a two prizer, and he can and that's the one thing Chen Pao can do is just drop Chen Pao, and then do big damage. Right. Uh, you know, you can put him in and hit within the same turn. That uh, really goes to show like how his way, he knew the way around the matchup to basically get the win at the end of the game, kind of like a lost box would do or Gardevoir, you know, kind of go down, but then play yourself into a win, win con at the end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, it was great finals to watch uh, very close. Uh, like you said, uh, weakness does play a big, portion into it but Chen Pao is a little bit more versatile when it comes to um you know those those um attacks and then um because you're allowed to hit with frizzy backs and, and all that stuff and also just uh you know prize mapping is huge in a matchup like this too uh where you know you set it off to the odd prizes and you can get take the lead um and we saw that in game two and three uh which yeah. kind of 
uh, ultimately was uh, that the the doings of Goldingo there. Uh, but love seeing Goldingo finally get some love, get in top eight, get into the finals. Um, I think that's going to encourage a lot of people to play the deck. Um, it's still a very solid looking deck, uh, at least the the ver the version he was playing. Um, you know, yeah. Palkia version, you know, Greninja. So you still have those options, um, depending. Uh, obviously, um, Palkia can just accelerate energies and then and then just what it does. Um, Pokey's top heavy with uh, energy retrieval cards and just kind of hitting hard. Yeah, it's, um, it's the that's definitely the super consistent way to play that. Uh, just Goldingo, the Palkia, and you know, the Greninja, and then maybe Manaphy. And we saw Spirit Tomb in his list. Yeah, um, I honestly don't know why people play that card in that deck. I'm assuming for uh, turning off, I, I don't know. Well, off, I mean, it was your draw up, from you, or is, it was your up Luminion you. stuff. I guess <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. I don't value it that much. I guess against Golding with Goldingo, but uh, anyway, um, that that's very streamlined. It's very easy to get gimme goals down. I mean, we saw it on the, you see it in, in the stream games. Uh, he gets set up in every single game. That's uh. That's probably the perk of that list. Uh, I run a few more different tech Pokemon in my list, uh, specifically still keeping Caesar around for those late game situations where you can't attack with a Goldingo um, or you don't want to attack with a Goldingo, i.e. how he lost game two and three, mm -hmm. uh, when you can go in with a Caesar and do the same thing and then they have to gust and use a supporter to get whatever other cards you need. Like, you can make it really hard for him to be able to do add that extra layer of gusting to it so yeah but that less that as an added layer of inconsistency so exactly uh, i mean we they, see consistency rule the day when it comes to large pokemon tournaments so yeah i mean definitely in a large event like that you definitely want consistency to be able to guarantee attacks every turn um guarantee doing that this that and everything uh, when you have tech cards like that, definitely can slow it down a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it's great. It's just kind of a meta call thing, but it, it obviously went well for both players. So uh, it was great to see uh, two decks that don't normally see the light of day uh, make it to the finals um, and uh, pretty pumped for Chen Pao winning one. I, I, I think I, I like seeing both of these two because it's kind of... Um... It's to me. It, it highlights this meta at the very th at, towards the low ending of it. Like there are other decks like Chen Pao and Goldingo that are good. Like they are fairly good plays in, into the field. Like granted, if you you know you stockpile them all together between this meta, like the beginning of the Paradox Rift meta, and even into this Paldean uh, Fates meta. Um, you're going to see the ones that are, you know, get there more often, but then there's at least a finals that have both of these decks in it. And they're, they're like, Hey, look, we were good too. We just not didn't make finals as much. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just like a little bit of validation form for anyone who like me has sat on one of these decks for the entire meta thinking that it's decent, a, a very good play. So yeah, for sure. Sure. And there's something to be said about that too. Um, being able to play these decks, We've talked about it before um, where, yeah, it's great to play the A tier meta decks, but if you know a deck, it's B tier, C tier, whatever you want to call it, 
Uh, you know the matchups inside and out. Uh, you can go on a run like this. Uh, obviously, there's always a little bit of luck when it comes to matchups. We kind of talked about that last two weeks ago uh, on my poor matchup uh, variance uh, in, yeah. in Knoxville. But the, 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 true can, the, the, the reverse can be true as well, uh, where you just hit all the great matchups. Uh, and then it just makes it a little bit easier um, as far as that. And then you just got to execute on your consistent deck. And we saw that. So um, just a little bit more uh, proof that, you know, you don't always have to play the A tier meta decks like the A tier meta deck uh, Charizard. I think the highest placing was 12, uh, which is obviously still pretty good, but uh, didn't crack the top eight. Um, you even see like an Entei Iron Valiant jump in there above it. Uh, so uh, it really doesn't matter what you choose as long as you play it well and get a little bit of, of uh, matchup luck there. Yeah, I mean, I all the other ones that we kind of talked about the the moon, Maridon, they're ten, nine, ten, or ten, ten, eleven, twelve, all three of them right there. Uh, that's their top place finish. So, right, exactly. Um, they're 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 good as well. Just just didn't didn't make the cut this week, and. Uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just nice to see a little bit of the the variety that is out there, and and if you can pilot that to, uh, a good like be a good skilled pilot behind that, it it can take you to the play the the promised land as they call it, uh, with just like any card game or I think there's just a little bit of luck behind it. I mean, you have to have the skill. Everyone is going to no. I'm not saying no one has, there's no skill behind it, but you have to have the skill to pilot it, but then you need a little bit of luck on the day to just have, you know, certain things fall your way and then the skill to back it up. And there you go. You find yourself in the finals. Right. And all right, well, before we move on uh, a little bit more about Goldingo, uh, obviously it, it's, started popping off on this tournament and making finals, um, you know, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, we kind of talked, you know, once rotation hits, it's going to, uh, you know, have maybe an easier route. Do you think um, this hurt helps or hurts its case? Do you think it's just like a, a one of, uh, what do you have to say about that? Like it going a little earlier than, than anticipated. I don't know if it, I don't think it's going to hurt its case. Uh, it will get a little bit more eyes on, on it, it might. I guess it could hurt its case a little bit in that it's not going to come out of the woodwork once rotation hits. Like and be like, and when Surprise. maybe it jumps in, like jumps in popularity, and be like everyone's going to be like, oh, I've seen how this works. Uh, so they'll 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 see they'll know its potential. Um, granted, it's going to be a little different when it comes to uh rotation and and what the deck tries to like how it goes about doing its things. I mean, it's going to do the same things, but uh, I feel like it's going to do it a little differently. Um, be that right now, I think a lot of people are trying what we, what we've seen it boil down to is uh, get Goldingo to be able to set up and then not get path. And we see the reliance heavy, like uh, the list, the winning list or the finaling list has three workers in it. Like just, hey. Relying on like relying on its draw and the little bit of draw that worker gives you in just the stadium bumps on the seven stadium bumps in his deck to make sure that you don't get passed. So exactly. 
But all right. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we talked about, you know, Gold Ingo coming up. We talked about it last week. It was just kind of nice that we we featured a deck and it was able to uh, uh, come up and, and do well literally the next uh, the next or in between episodes. So, yep. Uh, but with that being said, I think it's time to move on and get into the middle of the show shenanigans here uh, and get sure. into the pit stop. All right, with every pit stop, you know what time you know what that means. It's time for some trivia. It's time for trivia. Trivia. Yep. I'm, I'm reverting back to regular old guess that Pokemon mm-hmm. from it's from an ability. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna start since I'm I already started kind of, so I'm stealing the thunder. But Dang I it. have. Uh, I have a Pokemon here that I, that I don't think we've highlighted before. Um, if but uh, I like it, so uh, I decided to use it for trivia this week. Uh, and so I'm going to give you an ability, um, and then you have to guess what Pokemon this is. Um, so the ability on this Pokemon is called Heat Boost. Heat Boost. Okay. Um, I feel like I know what this is. Uh, at least the ability, so the heat boost. I believe it's probably um, it probably there's two things. It's, I think it is the one that um, makes it so you have to spend less energy to use the attack. I believe, and I'm I'm leaning towards Charizard, like a baby Charizard. Um, that's where I'm kind of going, unless it's something else. It could also be what Heatran. Um, two, I think heat boost also helps it with energy on itself. Um, so I guess the first lifeline I would have to ask is what stage is it? This is a stage one. Well, then both of those go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, both of your first thoughts go right out the window. Uh, okay. So it's not obviously not that Charizard, um, so heat boost. Then I'm assuming it does more damage than. Obviously, it's a fire type, but it has to be a fire type. Um, and now I'm I was really, really locked in on on those two. But um, can I get what type it is? It is a fire type. OK, that's what I thought. Um, dang it. Heat. Boost. Was and, it give me uh, give me give away on the typing with the ability name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. And what set? This is from Silver Tempest. Silver Tempest heat boosts. Uh, what was in Silver Tempest? Stage one with an ability. Uh, I'm drawing. Uh, oh, wait a second. Um, Did it come? Bre- Braxton. Braxton was it? Bre- no, Braxton's not. Um, the one with Serena. Was it Braxton? Well, Braxton's a stage two, isn't it? No, Braxton's I mean, technically Braxton is a stage one. It is. That's what I'm going to say. Then I I know Braxton was in there. It was in. I know there was. You know, used for in Zora Arc decks when Serena was a big thing, um, or even its own thing. So that's where uh, kind of a shot in the dark. It is a good guess because De- Braxton is a stage one. Delphox is the stage two. 
Okay, okay, good. Um, so at least I feel good about that. <laughs> uh, but it is not Braxian. Braxian does not have an ability. I, well, dang. I don't have the That's info to back me. that up, but I don't think it does. Um, this is a the Rapidash, which was also oh, a pre-release yes, promo. Yes. So did extra uh, damage, right? You are correct in what the ability does. You discard an energy, a fire energy, and your fire attacks do um, 30 more damage. Okay, I, I thought it was between the two where it was like extra damage or it made it cheaper. I went down the cheaper lane and uh, definitely tunneled a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember the name of uh, that ability, but that was a good. I was a good thought, though. Like good. Uh, yeah, I don't think it actually had an ability. Now that I think of it, I think it was just more you use Zora Arc's ability to use that, and then it kind of a pseudo ability because there was a a condition needed to be met uh, to do extra damage. I think that's what it was. So, uh, yeah, I think I was actually way off there. Didn't have an ability. <laughs> uh, but all right, uh, I fail again uh trivia is not my thing but uh it's time to try to stump you hopefully this one's a good one i did kind of go back in the well here um so this pokemon has an ability and the ability name is sun energy sun energy yeah this is soul rock I thought um, it might be too easy for you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is Soul Rock. Um, dang it. <laughs> I thought maybe I could <laughs> sneak one past you or since it's been out uh, such a long time. My bad. As Crown Zenith came in, so you know, like, oh, it's been out for a If while. I didn't get a reminder game of this this week of Soul Rock and Lunatone, I probably would not have remembered that. Dang I it. Might, you played against a Soul Rock Lunatone deck? This week, yes. Oh my! What are the odds of that, right? Like you, yeah, yeah. you don't ever see that for six months plus, probably even closer to a year at this point. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, dang, I and tried I was, to I, sneak that by. I, I yeah, you did. I I because that was one that I probably didn't pay attention to its ability name. Uh, because I played that when it first came out for like two weeks. Oh, and yeah, like, we were both hyped on it. I remember we talked. Uh, we about hyped on it, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it fell off it. everyone then was like, no, nah, everyone can figure out how to play around this. And we're like, yeah, yeah, it was fun for two weeks, but yeah, uh, I remember it's, that. it's still actually it's fun to play, but it, it you can play around it. So for sure, for sure. All right. Well, you smashed me today in trivia as per the use. Uh with that I, being said, I don't know if that's yeah. as per the use. I don't know the remember the last time I actually got a trivia. Well, I so, yeah, we'll we'll give it to you. <laughs> Thanks for, for sure. serving up the softball this week. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that being said, it's time to take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, we are back. Uh, thanks again, Sports Car Junction, for being uh, a great sponsor of the cast. And if you're in the Pittsburgh area this week and you're listening to this on release day, uh, I think it's Cup Weekend at Sports Car Junction. So it is. Sign up now if you haven't. Spots are limited. Get your points. 
get your points for sure. Or come get beat And up play by against the me. squad, as we're going to say. <laughs> 100%. But yes, uh, Won't make it easy. Card junction. Um, and uh, with every after every ad break, it's time to get into this week's news. And I actually have a bit of news. It's a spoiler alert. Um, someone leaked the leaked this somewhere somehow in in the uh, the world's location for <laughs> for maybe two years from now has been somehow spoiled and leaked. Uh, Do we even know what's possibly. coming next year? No, these are usually only announced at the world's. Like we found out, it was Hawaii at oh yeah, that's right, that's at that, Yokohama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't know the ones at after Honolulu. That. We should be able to find out what is for twenty twenty five. But right. apparently, somewhere in the great city of San Francisco, um, there was an announcement. Well, someone in, in an article said that a World Championships, um, maybe even Pokemon World Champion, would be held there in twenty twenty six. Um, and the Pokemon, uh, it is Pokemon. They they booked a huge hotel and blah blah blah. It's all in a news article that someone read. Um, so, and it is in August. So, it's the city's largest venue. It is not. There is no confirmation. These are all like you know, use all your, use your detective hat, yeah. find your Watsons, and ask Sherlock. Um. These line up to possibly be uh, worlds in San Francisco in 2026. That's two year. That's not next year's worlds. That's the year after. So, right, right, for uh, sure. 2025 uh, is still unknown. Uh, but yeah, that is my news, and it's spoiler related. So if you quit listening, you can start listening again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, that's fun, but um. Yeah, um, I, hey. I don't know. Uh, if it's in San Francisco, cool. Uh, I would love to go to I've San been to Francisco. San Francisco. I've been there before, but I haven't been there in a while. So it would be nice uh, to be able to go you know, visit and, and hang out uh, in that beautiful city. Um, but we'll see. Uh, only yeah, time will I mean, tell. It's a big city. It has its own problems, which I'm sure someone will complain about. But um, it's not a bad city, and there's a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, as well as you know, if we're going to be playing Pokemon there, there's plenty of other fun stuff to do. Uh, and it usually is pretty nice out, and usually, well, like usually pretty like you know, cool, fun places to do, and things are things are easy to get to. So that's what I meant. Um, so pretty nice place to be if it happens. No confirmations. That's all hearsay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but with that being said, I think that's it for the news. That um, is. That wraps it up. For sure. So with every you know news uh, segment being finished, we like to um, you know follow that up with uh, the Triple P season watch. Uh, kind of catch up to where you know Chuck and I have been um, in our. Uh, push for worlds or just kind of the season that is um, as we are right now. So Chuck, you know, I like to start with you. Um, yes. What's going on? Uh, so still practicing, hopefully for the, the, the oncoming new meta soon. 
Um, I have a challenge on Friday. Uh, so local refines challenge Friday, February challenges Friday. Uh, I'm gonna go give it a give it a go. Um, I might try something different. Uh, maybe a little bit more off the wall because I am finished on challenge finishes and I have to win to get right right like any kind of difference. So um depending on how what the field looks like, if Goldingo looks like a good play, then I might stick with it. But I might have something else in the bag just to see if I run hot and and uh win. Maybe um maybe even Shen Pao, maybe something even off the beaten path, because a lot of people like to play Charizard. I might bust out the cat, Miascarada, and just take cheeky <laughs> one hit knockouts, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> See if I can do that. Because at this point it would be uh winner winner go home. So if I lose a game early, then I know it's just the rest of the day is kind of just for fun. Um because the way challenges kind of work, if you plan on winning, you're kind of going undefeated and or taking a tie in the late round, like the very last round to guarantee a top one or two finish. Mm -hmm. uh, which is all I basically can get to do any kind of um, point grabbing at, at a challenge. I'm waiting to see when people start scheduling cups, hopefully soon. I think... The Toledo Game Room has scheduled one um, soon. So I will go out on that in full force and try and actually get me a mat that says champion on it for this season. Um, I just can't remember the calendar. I know um, you got, I mean, I, I would have liked to come back to Pittsburgh for SCJs, but it's just not in the cards this week. So I'm going to have to wait for the next uh, next thing. I'm, I've kind of slimmed my radius for cups and how far I want to travel because. Uh, as we've I've highlighted every week, I'm only at like 82 points, and I have six months to go. Yeah, uh, I just don't, uh, I don't, and I only have one regional on the books. And New Orleans is does not look doable um, in July unless um, I come into some money, I guess. Uh, you know, some some frivolous money. Um, right, right. So we'll give Indianapolis a go if I actually. That's what I should say. Unless I go ham in Indy and, you know, do really, really well. And by really well, I'm getting in a top 32 finish or something like that. Then we'll, then we'll revisit the NAIC plan. Right. But, uh, Indy looks like my Super Bowl at the moment. Just kind of want to go there and do well. Finish yeah, out I the season. I think goal. I'm in the same boat, even though, you know, I've, I've had a little bit more success. Um, as I've said all season, uh, it really comes down to regionals um, being able to have that success. And, you know, for a player like myself, um, I'm only allowed to go to so many. I did, I did make a little bit of a push and I got points in, you know, half of the events I've been in. Uh, but then I've had a couple disappointing finishes in cups or I'm sorry, in, um, in regionals, which kind of puts me a little bit behind the ball because like you said, uh, trying to travel out and go to all of these seems maybe a little bit, um, you know, unreasonable for, you know, my life situation right now. Uh, I am going, I'm going to plan to go to Indy, um, just like you. Um, and that kind of, I'm, I'm giving my all for sure. 
Um, but just based off of that, um, I've got a lot of points off of um, cups. And, uh, you know, I do need to get into finals just to, um, you know, upgrade some points because I've, I've had the top eight finishes um, maxed out already. Uh, so there's there's a bit of improvement there. Uh, but to, to stretch it to 600 points seems a little unreasonable for the situation I'm in currently. Um, so, unfortunately, I mean, I'm still going to go to events. I'm, I plan on going to the sports car junctions this weekend um, and beyond. Uh, but, yeah, it, does, it doesn't seem like I'm going to make as hard of a run, especially where I'm only going to reasonably be able to go to one more um, regionals at this point. Yeah. That's under, I mean, kind of understandable. Uh, they definitely had the calendar this year. I definitely felt like for this area, for us, you know, the Northeast, the central, North Central, not really Northeast, because when you say Northeast, you usually think like Boston and stuff like that. But this, this kind of area, they were front loaded. Like, oh, the, you know what I mean? Like Toronto, like Fort Wayne. Toronto, um, Peoria, all of those were really early in the in the season. So, um, I fell on that because I could only pick like there was like I could only do two of the three like of Toronto, Peoria, and and Fort Wayne or I think it was Fort Wayne. No, that was last year. There's some there's another one I've been missing in there, but yeah, Pittsburgh, duh, Pittsburgh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was um, about to say. <laughs> yeah but like so you only pick like two of the three uh and then the late one was indie and you just had to wait cut you kind of wait until the end of the year and i didn't perform well in any of those so when you're leaving those points on the table it really you really like get strapped for events and then you have to really decide whether you can stretch yourself because then you have to really travel um you know what i mean out of out of the you know comfort zone mm -hmm. uh, of travel zones like you know going to florida or going across the states which depending on you know your situation i mean we both you know hold a nine to five uh we have families at home so it's harder to do that and that's why we kind of look to excel on the ones that are close and uh didn't happen for me yeah. So we'll just try and finish strong uh, for me personally. I'm just going to try and finish strong. I don't plan on, you know, blowing off any of these events just because, but uh, I just don't see the the numbers adding up yeah. to what you need. And then being able to actually like, look, I could spend, like I could argue, like uh, I could spend the money in, in getting my inv invitation to, go to Hawaii, but I would have spent any money I have to go to Hawaii getting the invitation to Hawaii. So hundred <laughs> percent. That's a hundred percent. I mean, like uh, right. I, I can't do both unless I come out a travel award winner and I, you don't start getting a travel award in February. So that's where I just want to go to events and finish strong in what I can go to. Right, right. For me, yeah, my my expectations have shifted a little bit. I still want to make a good push. I want to hit that 500-point plateau, which I think is reasonable, um, mm -hmm. where I can get there. Um, 
but yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. Uh, I definitely want to still improve upon my game. I feel like even though I probably had my worst finish in Knoxville, I feel like I almost played one of my best, like strongest, uh, you know, as far as sequencing and, and play to my outs kind of a thing. And I just want to improve upon that, obviously, because, uh, you know, you're not always going to have those bad matchups, as we kind of talked about with Goldingo. So whenever, um, you know, the the C's part when it comes to the matchups, uh, I want to be ready to strike and, and really be on my game. Um, and, you know, with with family situation, like you said, we just can't always uh, go yeah. to all these events that I would like to. Um, yeah, and I, we are professional I, I, athletes. So I don't have the time to be able to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm with you too. I want to still I still had goals of improving, and I still plan on trying to meet those goals. I want to finish with more points than I had last year. Uh, I won a cup last season, even it was so shorter. I I want to win a cup again. I have one more regional to do the day two goal that I had, and I want to make that. And I'm going to still do every effort I can. I have goals and things uh, in a Pokemon player that I'm still striving to do. Just um, when the the long goal is of getting an invitation to the world championship just doesn't feel like it's there so i'm not putting it on me now to go and try and do that yeah. i'm going to focus on making my next step that i need to make where i'm at currently so for sure for sure yeah i mean that's definitely reasonable um but yeah i mean with that being said i think it's uh yeah we'll we'll uh keep running but uh we got to move on here uh, get yeah. on to our last topic as we kind of spoke upon last week. Uh, rotation is around the corner. Uh, we're trying to highlight some decks uh, that might see some success uh, or some meta play, at least at the beginning of rotation. Last week, we talked about the string cheese and obviously it did well. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a different deck. Uh, it's probably not going to pop off this weekend because it will not be legal until uh, you know the new set comes <laughs> <No>. out. <laughs> Uh, and that is Raging Bolt, um, where it's basically the the Raikou looking long neck dinosaur. Uh, you know, he's the one that is kind of like Amazing Rare uh, Rayquaza, uh, seventy times damage for each uh, basic energy you um, you know discard to do the attack. Uh, so obviously, it scales up, um, and it is an ancient type. Uh, where you you know you've seen Professor Sato's already see, kind of see a little bit of success um, with with uh, the moon, uh, but then this one also has um, I believe uh, Sandy Shocks, uh, where if your your opponent has um, you know four um, or fewer prizes taken, uh, you can accelerate um, another fighting energy. So obviously, um, being able to accelerate with Sato's plus you know, this plus an attach per turn, that's not even including if you attached the previous turn. So obviously another two prizer that hits hard. Um that's that's also once per Sandy Shocks. So yes. like you can have multiple Sandy Shocks down and get multiple energy. Exactly. So uh, another big hitter. Um uh and it did see success early in Japan. I think it did win a, one of the first uh you know tournaments once this became legal. Um, it has fallen off a little bit. Um, I do feel like it's kind of hit that there's a lot of setup decks, so it kind of hits the same problem like Chempao was hitting or Goldingo was hitting, mostly Chempao, but um, where you need to put you know a two prize or to, to to hit generally. Um, and then 
you know, some other decks could sway the prize mapping there. Uh, but there's still a lot to be said for this deck. Um, like I said, it scales pretty high, uh, but it's pretty easy to set up uh, overall. It looks, uh, at least in the, the, the early list that I've seen, um, playing the same consistency engines with Amuse, the Greninja's squawk abilities, uh, plenty of uh, Pokemon search. Um, obviously, Poke Pokestop is still a really powerful card, and we're not losing that. Um, so, so many different things that can be played there. Obviously, also with the A spec having the uh, um, the Guzma card, um, obviously really good. It looks intriguing. Um, Chuck, what do you think? It does. It's very intriguing. Um, there was a lot of uh, neat uh, pieces to it. Uh, I, I feel like it because it has the potential for high damage uh, will be good for any kind of bigger EX deck to take that down. Um, I, I do think the setup probably is what it needs right now. Again, it's the easiest way to power the, the Raging Bolt is with the Sandy Shocks, but then you also have to actually be... Uh, you have also have to... Uh, your opponent has also had to have taken two prizes already, so right. that means you have you have had to have lost something. And you obviously don't want to just go down, like, depending on how you're going down those two prizes, you don't, you got to be able to come back if you're down first, or um, you got to be able to take that first knockout without using the Sandy Shocks and then continue right. from there. Right, right, right. Uh, that's that that's early, think, yeah. Yeah, that early setup uh, and being able to do that uh, relies heavily on Sada and, and getting the energies and discard, all that fun stuff, um, which, you know, Moon does, but um, Moon only tries to get one type of energy on it and only needs three and has a, other ways of excelling than just Sada. So, uh, it, yeah. So it just, it may struggle to do that, like find that early footing. And, and I don't know, once once we, once you, you get, once you get more people's hands on it, because basically the most that's being played is in Japan at the moment. And then once you get it out legal here, We'll see how that list boil down, like how lists can boil down. I think it won't go anywhere. I don't think it's going to drop off and go fade to obscurity, but right. uh, it should find its way somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I think what it does have going for it, especially after rotation with like a, like you see Moon doing what it's going to do in the future is just be able to hit fast on your first turn. I think it it almost feels like a... Uh, um, Charizard Reshiram, where you just need to search for Welder and you're all good. Because, uh, you know, it's just uh, an attach plus a Sada, plus if you attach a Sada somewhere else, maybe a little bit easier uh, to pull off than like a Welder play. We're having to, to get the two energies there. Um, but, uh, you know, they just, it could hit on the first turn for up to, you know, 210 to, to I think my math's right there. Uh, 220? 220? Um, uh, either way, uh, being able to hit, you know, early first turn, um, not having to evolve, always dangerous. Uh, but like you said, I think it does potentially struggle um, in that early if you're playing against uh, another one prizer where like if it, you take a one prizer, okay, well, it's going to knock you out. And then the prize race is one. You have to do a one, one, two, two to be able to do that or some combination of that while your opponent's most likely just going two, two, two. Um, so that first prize is almost 
kind of feels irrelevant in the prize race. Obviously, we don't know how all the rest of the meta is going to shake up and what's going to be popular. Um, but we see decks like Charizard. It's going to still stay around. Um, and if you just take out a, a, a Mander and that's it, um, and they already kind of set up their board, you're probably in trouble a little bit. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what they use out of the, the good ancient Pokemon in here uh, that are coming down the line. And this point, the one I'm looking at lists that I kind of pulled up some lists, but I don't know if you've seen one using the Slitherwing um, as a single prize attacker for mm -hmm. early turn knockouts. So like with Slithering, you can Slitherwing, you can do 120 damage uh, and then kind of leave it there to get knocked out. And then, you know, that could be one of the, the prizes that you go down with. And then you have two turns to get Raging Bolt online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, while you're still applying pressure to your opponent. So we'll see. Yeah. And I, I'm still intrigued. Um, I do really, really like that. It's um, an ancient type uh, with the Sada support, with the vessel support and just, you know, the other array of attackers. I mean, uh, rate or, or um, you know, Roaring Moon's probably not going to be exactly the same as it is currently, because obviously uh, it's going to lose a couple of the key cards Um that it's you know makes the kind of engine go um currently uh, but you might see some kind of you know ancient box uh with maybe not necessarily just a streamlined um raging bolt but like maybe some kind of mixed energy um you know kind of box uh which it seems intriguing like i said and i think it will just leave uh, the door open for a lot of different cool combinations yeah, the 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 heavy ancient and future cards that are coming out in this next set really is gonna like upend things a lot, kind of like Battle Styles did when it was dropped. Even though technically Paradox Rift was the Battle Styles drop, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I think this is gonna do it more than what Paradox Rift did. Yeah, we, I, you know, hopefully uh, it would be nice to see kind of the, you know, there's the meta shake up, um, see new decks pop up, some old decks that maybe weren't really great uh, pop up. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I know um, it hasn't seen maybe as much success uh, as one would have liked, um, you know, as far as like a tier deck. Uh, but I definitely think that there's still something there. Um, seems fun. Like I said, I loved Rayquaza uh, playing that deck. It's a little bit different. Uh, but the same, uh, you know, the attack kind of does the same thing. So it feels good in that aspect uh, whenever you're able to nuke something right in front of you. Uh, so I uh, there's a reason why I play Goldingo and uh, I like Chimpao. I like nuking cards. Right. Things that solve for X. I like that kind of stuff. And that's so... why I played Moon. Because <laughs> you can just say, <laughs> nope, whatever's in front of me, it yep. goes away. Uh, and that's exactly. there's always some merit to say that, right? Oh, all right. Well, do you have anything else to add there um, to Raging Bolt? Uh, no. I was looking over the cards. I mean, it definitely will be the one uh, trying to think of like other cards to highlight that you'll probably have in Raging Bolt because it's Ancient Box. You'll probably see it'll probably want to run the Flutter Main as well, which is, is going to be probably the ability blocker of the field mm -hmm. until until they do something different with the ability 
but that's going to be something that you have to put in the active. So, uh, you know, we all saw how, you know, how much the keys really stopped things from happening, but for like um, two tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it only blocks the active of Pokemon. So uh, it, we'll see how, how important it might be, but we've seen a lot of, I mean, that, I mean, that turns off Chen Pao. You can't, you can't do its thing. Rope uh, will be gone. Can't coin bonus for two. Um, a lot of things want to be in the active and use their ability. So um, it, it has. Yeah, uses. I mean, it, 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 it is an ability block. We don't have a lot of ability. Block. We don't have a lot of ability block and we don't see the cards that can push it out of the way. Obviously, bosses orders, but then you're you're stopping your consistency. And then you also yeah. have the um, you know, the Guzma card. I keep forgetting what it's called. Um, prime catcher prime catcher yes but uh escape ropes leaving we got cross switchers are leaving uh so we're not gonna be able to do those uh so maybe with you know a little bit limited of options uh it might make it a little bit better if you have him in the op or in the in the active while you're trying to set up your board state uh so there's definitely a potential merit to be there again it the, the meta is going to shake out uh, and, and you know it's going to be wide open so we'll this remains to be seen if it's actually important or not yeah that's All one right. of those rotation kind of needs to happen right <laughs> yeah and then one last thing i guess um this is a deck that doesn't play buddy poffin um so you know it, it's it does have a lot of ball search but it also has a lot of items that you could potentially, you know, you, you can potentially break out on, you know, finding all the Pokemon you would want um, a little bit more than, you know, a deck that would be playing like a setup deck, like a Charizard or or anything like that, um, that will be playing the Poppin. So we'll see if that affects it. Uh, I don't think so. I think it still be, should be okay um, being able to set up and, and go. But um, again, uh, a lot to be seen uh, in the future, I guess. Yeah, I'm excited to see what that rotation brings. Just like a little aside on rotation. I'm excited to see what that rotation brings with the big basic slash setup cards because the new stuff coming in is definitely geared towards setup stuff. You know, getting mm -hmm. the lower H, like more lower HP Pokemon into play, getting, uh, giving the evolution decks a little bit more of uh, a jump start in the early game. And there's a little bit more incentive to play those, but big basics, you know, uh, depending on how quickly those can get set up and get up to attacking, um, you know, Maridon is one of those big basic decks. We saw it fall. It's not falling and finished top 16, but in Dortmund, but um, it's losing stuff. So is it, is it going to still hang out? Like, is it? Are we going to find another big basic deck that's going to kind of hold those evolution decks down, or 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 are they both going to? Are we going to find a little bit of a harmonious like between both of them, where big basics, yeah, they might pop off, but you're not going to get to ruin my setup every time, or you might not pop off, or you know, stuff like that. Right. I, right. I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I am too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see the meta shifting more towards setup decks. Um, and, and it's a little bit more high rolly and maybe not as high powered in the first turn or two for a deck like an aggro deck like this. Um, but time will, you know, time will tell. Uh, we'll see, um, you know, people like those big setup or big basics. 
Um, and with the versatility of a deck like this, um, you know, I can't blame them if they want to, you know, go for it. So we'll see. We shall see. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things going to happen in, in rotation, and I'm really looking forward to it. So for sure. I mean, I know we want to do an episode on rotation itself. Uh, say you know a farewell to some loved cards and maybe some not so much cards. Uh, but then you know that's for another episode, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else there, that's going to be pretty much it for this episode because, um, yep. you know, as we said, we kind of already talked meta um and you know with it with a rotation coming soon um you know there's not a lot of big tournaments to really um you know prepare for um with that meta talk yeah i i think we have a little bit of a lull uh for a little while actually until actually rotation almost hits right but no i can't wait uh definitely need to start gearing back up gonna play um play this week at locals and at the cup over at Sports Card Junction, so I'm pretty pumped about that. There's like two or three decks I want to try out um, uh, for Thursday, so we'll we'll kind of see there, and then still kind of deciding uh, what I want to play uh, for the for the cup, but we'll see. You have to let me know also, if anyone actually brings Goldingo for the cup. I definitely good. will let you know, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of ebbs and flows there with uh, with our local right now. There's uh, a lot of tech cards uh, for specific matchups. Uh, so maybe I'll try to go around that or maybe uh, I'll pretend I'm trying to go around it and go right back into a, <laughs> into a, a big, switch, baby. Big, switch. Like big switch, big switch. So um, aside from that, yeah, that's it. And I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us to end. Sorry. It's kind of a, a little bit of a lull, uh, you know, for Chuck and I not being able to put as much time into the game, but we're definitely keeping our finger on the pulse um, and we appreciate, you know, everybody here uh, and our communities at large. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate you sticking with us. And uh, we will be back again next week with some more Pokemon chat. But yeah, thank you again. And we'll see you guys next week. Happy Valentine's Day. Go catch your love discs. Thanks again for listening. Please, if you would, you can leave us a review or follow us on Spotify. And Jake... Where else can they get a hold of us? You can find us on the X at Pit Pokepod or Chuck at Watch Whimsy, myself at Panux One. You can also find us on Facebook at Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>